team putting in all, all the hours they do to practice, and our nursery workers, and our kids' own workers, and for those of you who went on the missions trip, we're so thankful for you. The kids are dismissed to Kids Zone, so if you're a kid and want to go to Kids Zone, this is the time to do that. This morning, we are going to talk about conquering by holding fast to Christ. Conquering by holding fast to Christ. And I want to especially talk to those of you who feel lonely. Um, Lonely because you don't have like a people or a place, like you don't really fit, like, feel like you fit in, feel like you're left out or left behind, like the doors keep getting shut in your face. Maybe it's at school where uh, because of stuff you don't do, you get shut out of certain conversations or shut out of certain places that you wish you could be, or it's at work where the, every time they have an inclusivity training, you feel a little bit more excluded. Maybe it's at home where you feel like you don't really fit there because you've made this change in your life, that you've decided to become a follower of Jesus, and that is not in rhythm with how your family operates, and so it's generating some friction. I don't know why you feel lonely, but I want to talk to those of you who may feel lonely, especially because of Christ. And I want to encourage you to hold fast. I want to talk to those of you who feel stepped on this morning. Like, like you just keep getting run over. Like you keep getting walked on and you don't, no one even cares. No one knows. You just, they just kind of bulldoze you. Especially because of Jesus. You feel like you're an easy target. Like pick on me, you know, because of Jesus. And I want to talk to those of you who are weary. Just because of the load you carry and the stuff you're going through, you are just plain tired. And quitting sounds like a very reasonable, very, op very easy, very good option. Like if I just quit trying, maybe it would be okay. I want to talk to each of you and encourage you to hold fast this morning. Now maybe, maybe this isn't you, maybe this is someone you love is going through these things and you'd Take notes for them and help them, encourage them to hold fast to Christ. Before we jump in, I'd like to pray. Lord, I pray for those that feel lonely, for those that have been taken advantage of, for those that are exhausted. For those, for whatever reason, may be ready to quit. Lord, I pray that you would stand in front of me while I talk to them. Lord, that you would talk over me while I talk to them. Do this for your glory's sake, for our sake, and for the good of the world. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're doing a series called Conquer, as each of the churches are called to conquer. And we began on the island of Patmos, where John was writing uh, the book of Revelation. And then we went to Ephesus, where uh, the first of the seven churches were. And then Smyrna, and then Pergamum, and then Thyatira, and then Sardis. And now we are moving to Philadelphia as we work our way around this mail route of churches. And so, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, the words of the one... The words of the Holy One, 
the true one who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut. This is a really big deal because it appears that the Christians had been shut out probably of the synagogue where maybe they had been worshiping before. So because of their allegiance to Jesus, there were doors that slammed in their face. There were circles that they were shut out of. And so Jesus is telling them, when I open a door, no one shuts it. Who opens and no one will shut. Who shuts and no one opens. When I shut the door, no one opens it. Jesus is reminding this beaten down, lonely church, he is utterly in charge. And the bullies are not. He says to them, I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door which no one is able to shut. I have the door to the kingdom of heaven wide open and I'm guiding you in. And they cannot shut it. They may shut you out of stuff on earth. They may lock you out. They may leave you behind. But they cannot shut you out of heaven. Take courage. Jesus is in charge, not the bullies. So he says, Behold, I have set before you an open door which no one is able to shut. I know that you have but little power. You know, I, I, I see what you're going through. And yet you have kept my word and you have not denied my name. You're going to see this theme of endurance run throughout this letter to this church. I know what you're going through. I know how you've been shut out. I know how you've been stepped on. I know how you're tired. Please don't quit. Please continue to keep the word. Please continue to hold fast. This is what Jesus is saying to them. Behold, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie. Jesus is saying, Let, let's remember who the real enemy is here. The real enemy is Satan. But Satan has bullies. And these bullies were in the synagogue and they were putting pressure on the early Christians to change their loyalties. And so this, this, next, this next verse this next phrase is going to be so offensive, you're going to disagree with it, and you're going to think that shouldn't be in the Bible. He says, Behold, I will make them come and, ready for this? This is the part that you're going to disagree with. Bow down. You're like, that's not bad. Of course they're going to bow down to Jesus. Watch what it says. And bow down before your feet. What do you think about that? I read that and I'm like, I can't. I, what? That is so culturally offensive. Think of this. So I'm going to get a running start at it here from verse 9, so you don't think I'm taking it out of context. Behold, I'll make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Behold, I will make them come and bow down before your feet. When I was translating it, I translated it worship because the word for bow down and the word for worship is the same word and it can be translated either way. I'm glad they translated it bow down. Worship would have been even more offensive. And they will learn that I have loved you. 
Because you have kept my word about patient endurance. See that theme of holding fast, staying true. Christ will reward your patient endurance. He will reward you. Because you have kept my word about patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming upon the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. I am coming soon. Hold fast what you have so that no one may seize your crown. See, crown, and this has come up before, and it came up in chapter 2, verse 10, to the church in Smyrna, another church that looked for sure like this church was living in Satan's, like this church was suffering, really suffering as well. And Jesus says to them, Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. The crown is reserved for those who conquer who hold fast all the way to death. So he says, hold fast that no one may seize your crown. The one who conquers, there's the title of the series, the one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never shall he go out of it, and I will write on him. Now watch this. Jesus says, I'm going to give you three tattoos. I will write on him the name of my God. And the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from my God out of heaven. So if lost, return here. Return to the new Jerusalem. So the first name is the name of my God. Second name is the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven. And the third name is my own new name, which we don't even know yet. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So if there's one one takeaway I could give you this morning, just one, it would be I want you to conquer by holding fast. Conquer by holding fast to Christ. Because there's going to be people, and it's going to be, the enemy will be behind them. So Satan himself will be behind them at one level or another, that try to seize your crown. Now, how would someone seize your crown? Well, I think that they would talk you into quitting. I think they'd talk you into quitting on the Christian life, that it doesn't make any sense, or it's too outdated, or it's too difficult, or it's not rewarding enough, or it's too exclusive, or it's too hateful, or it's too... I, I don't know what they'd say, but they'd try to talk you out of quitting and they'd seize your crown. I think they'd tempt you out of the Christian life with pleasure or with success or with worldly gain or with whatever you would be most tempted by. They would tempt you with that and you would leave the Christian life and pursue that. And it would be pleasurable but terrible at the same time. Always dissatisfying but promising satisfaction on the next hit. They would talk you out of it. They would tempt you out of it. Or they would bully you out of it, which is what you see here with this church. And they would just scare you out of it. And Jesus is saying, hold fast. Hold fast. If you hold fast, he makes... I'm going to try to lump the promises into two. So I'm going to talk about two promises that Jesus makes if they will hold fast and conquer and let no one seize their crown. 
Here's the first one. He's telling them, you are going to be with me. You're going to be with me because I have opened a door for you that no one can shut. As Jesus is holding the door open for you to the kingdom of heaven, who do you think can shut it? No one. And Jesus is saying to this church, I see what you're going through. I see how doors have been slammed in your face because you're Christians. And believe me, I am holding the door open for you, especially you, and I am welcoming you in. When doors get slammed in your face, remember this promise. Jesus is saying, what I have open for you, no one can shut. Jesus is saying, you may not have a place here on earth. You may not. Like, people may hate you. They may. You may be in a sick, hurting church, and, and you may not even feel like you have a place there. He's saying, you have a place here. You have a place in heaven. You have a weight-bearing spot for you. A friend of mine is remodeling his house, and you don't move stuff that's weight-bearing without a lot of thought, at least. You, know, like, you probably don't move stuff that's weight-bearing if you can help it. And Jesus is saying, I'm going to make you a pillar. I'm going to make you a weight-bearing spot. You have borne the weight in this life, and you'll, you'll have a permanent place in the next like when you are going through it, remember Jesus' promise. I have a place for you. You're going to be a pillar in heaven. When you feel like you have no place, you have a place there. And he tells them, look, when you feel like you don't have a people, when you feel like you, I am far away, remember this. I'm going to rub my name on you twice, and I'm going to put return to the new Jerusalem in the kingdom of God. I'm going to write that on you. Here's what you got to remember. You got to remember you have a place. You have the kingdom of heaven. You have a father, your heavenly father. You have a family, his body. You belong. You belong. No matter what the enemy whispers to you, you belong. Here's why you hold fast. Here's why you hold fast to Christ. This is, this is why when things are very difficult and you want to quit because you feel lonely and doors keep getting slammed in your face, this is why you hold fast. You hold fast because he has a place for you, because you belong to him. I am him, I am his, and he is mine. This is true. This is what is ultimately true, that you belong to him. Number two, let's talk about the offensive verse. Behold, I will make them come and bow down before you feet, your feet, and they will know that I have loved you. What on earth do we do with that? So this is an ancient promise that the Israelite people had held on to. Three times in the prophet Isaiah, they are made this promise that the nations will come and bow down at their feet. Once in Isaiah 45, again in Isaiah 49, and then the third time in Isaiah 60. They're promised that when God sets all things right, the nations that had been beating them up, that had been bullying them, that had been persecuting them, they will come down and bow at their feet. Let me show you Isaiah chapter 60, verse 14. And the sons of those who afflicted you shall come bending low to you, and all who despise you shall bow down at your feet. 
This is a promise they had clearly in their minds. And they shall call you the city of the Lord, Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Think of the reference to the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. And what the, what the Israelites had had in their minds of what's going to happen is that the nations would see, the nations that had been persecuting them and beating them up and bullying them, they would see, Israel was right. We were wrong. And God loves them. And they would come and bow down at their feet and say, you were right and we were wrong and God loves you. And Jesus in the book of Revelation is kind of turning that on its head and saying, I'm like Yahweh. These, this little church that you're beating up on, these are my people. Instead of the nations coming to Israel, Israel is going to, they're now the bullies that are persecuting the church. They're going to come to the church and bow down before the church and say, we were wrong. You are right. God loves you. What if, what if the people in your life that have been mocking you and belittling you, rolling their eyes at you, that one day they're going to see? I don't know if it's going to be here or maybe it's going to be heaven, but they're going to see that when you follow Jesus, no matter what it costs, they're going to come to you and say, you were right. I was wrong. I see that God loves you. What if that day is coming? You know, maybe, maybe your dad always rolled his eyes when you said you are going to go to church. Maybe the day is coming when he's going to say, you were right. I was wrong. I see that God loves you. The college professor that laughed at you and mocked you for your simple faith is going to say, you were right. I was wrong. I see that God loves you. Your boss that hated you, that persecuted you because you wanted Sundays off, is going to say, you were right. I was wrong. I see that God loves you. This is the promise that Jesus is making. He says, I see what you're going through. I see how you're hated. I see how you're persecuted. It won't always be like this. So to this church that feels, that feels alone, that feels stepped on, Jesus says, you belong to me, and I belong to you. He says, it won't always be like this. They will know. They will know that you are right for following me. They will know that I love you. They will know, clear as day someday. And then he says, he makes, this is, this is how then you hold fast. How you hold, this is how then you conquer. You conquer by holding fast. Because he says, well done, you have not denied my name. Like lots of opportunities to deny his name. Lots of opportunities to go the other way. Lots of opportunities to hide. This church has not done that. They have not denied his name. They have kept Jesus' word about patient endurance. They have held the line, fought the fight, raced the race all the way through. And he's saying, well done. Just continue to hold fast to Christ. And I, I, think, I think it's clear what we're supposed to do, right? We're supposed to hold fast to Christ no matter what it costs, no matter who we're around, no matter who leaves. We're supposed to hold fast to Christ. I mean, that, that's just clear. No matter who's stepping on us or who's shutting the door in our face, we're supposed to hold 
fast to Christ. But what if you're like, I have not done that. I have not. I mean, I have denied his name. And have you denied his name? What if you're like, but I have not kept his word. In fact, I've gone through a long season where I just quit. Didn't even try. What should I do? Like, am, I mean, is there just no hope for me? I think of the apostle, Peter. You know, Peter, the guy in all the jokes that sits outside the kingdom of heaven and you negotiate with him on whether or not you can get in. That Peter. I'm not endorsing those jokes, by the way. I'm just saying that Peter. The apostle Peter. Remember what he did outside Caiaphas' house in the dark when it was cold and he was by a fire and a servant girl said, hey, you were one, you were, you're one of the disciples, aren't you? Remember what he did? And then there's another servant that comes up and says, boy, you're kind of loud. You seem like one of, I mean, I think I remember you. Of all the disciples to remember, I think I remember you. Do you remember what he said? And then the third servant comes up and says, you're a Galilean, aren't you? I mean, I, I know you, and you are with Jesus, right? You remember what he says? And then the rooster crows, and then he and Jesus make contact, make eye contact. You remember that? Denied his name three times. Then Jesus restores him, and Peter takes courage, and Peter preaches, and Peter goes on with life. And then uh, we read in the letter to the church in Galatia of Peter falling under peer pressure to not eat with the Gentiles that had just recently gotten saved. And they gotten saved, they weren't, they weren't Jewish in the way that Jews were, in the way that was the old Jewish, they weren't, they weren't doing that. And so Peter was like, well, you probably have uncleanness on you, so I can't eat with you, I gotta go and eat with these religious people over here. Is that keeping Jesus' word? Or is that giving into the fear of man? Peter denies the very gospel he was preaching because of the fear of people. People did Peter didn't endure patiently; he gave into fear. So I just got to say, good thing Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Good thing it's not up to us to justify ourselves. Good thing he gives us his righteousness and we hold fast to that. Good thing we're holding fast to Christ and not our own good works. So wherever this meets you, hold fast to Christ. And he'll hold fast to you. Here's what we've said. We've said conquer. 
by holding fast to Christ. After all, what else can you hold fast to? Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would give us grace to hold fast to you. That you would meet us in our weakness with your strength. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.